for a 20-minute miracle. Yeah, pray for a 20-minute miracle. Starting in five minutes. <laughs> we honor, Father, we honor each of your children who persevere, who learn, who prepare themselves to serve you with all of their heart. We ask you to help us to see the great thing that you have in store for us. I pray, Lord, for those whom you've been speaking to to better themselves, to go to the next level, to pursue an endeavor of learning, education, training, increase of knowledge. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would make us excellent. May this 20-minute word bless their lives today. In Jesus' name, clap your hands and say amen. And sit down because my clock is ticking. From the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. The book of Daniel, chapter 1. And the king ordered, and, and then the king ordered Aspinaz. Aspinaz was the chief of his officials to bring some, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and the nobles. Youths in whom was no defect, who were good looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endeavoring to understand and discerning knowledge, and who had ability for serving in the king's court. And he ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. For Israel, but specifically Judah, has been captured by Babylon. Babylon, a type of this world and this world system. Israel being a type of the people of God. And having been conquered by the world, the world now is looking for special individuals as described in the scripture, showing intelligence, good looking. Raise your hand if you fit that category, amen. If their hand is not raised, hit them, say that's you, amen. Whom there were, in whom there's no defect, get some of the royal family of the nobles, those who can discern knowledge, who had ability for serving in the king's court. Tap your neighbor and ask, and ask them, are you ready to serve? in the king's court. And they took these individuals and chose them even though they were captives. It is the world taking captive special individuals to serve in the world's system. Hmm. And they tested them. And look at the results. Verse 17. 
asked for these three yous. There were three of them that were chosen who were very special. As for these, pardon me, there were four of them. As for these four youths, God gave them knowledge, intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Then at the end of the days, which the king had specified for presenting them, the commander of the officials presented them before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them. And out of them, all, out of them all, not one was found. Out of all the youths they chose, and there were many, but out of all the candidates, Lord have mercy, out of all of them, not one was found like Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered, so they entered the king's personal service. As for every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king had consulted them, he found them to be ten times better than all the magicians and the conjurers who were in all his realm. And Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus the king. I believe God allowed this account of his dealings with his people to be written for our time. And one reason I believe this is because Daniel, when you read his book, prophesies about our time. God downloaded from heaven the future of mankind and the future of the church. And Daniel prophesied and gave accurate description of what God would do even in these times. But don't get it twisted. Daniel was not living in a kind environment. He wasn't, he wasn't practicing what he knew. He wasn't serving a godly king. It wasn't him serving in the church. Daniel was in the systems of this world. So much so in the systems of this world until they had to understand literature, science, and the knowledge of the breadth of understanding of the king because they were being enlisted for the king's service. In order for them to qualify, they had to be more than just good looking. Amen. Although good looking was important, look at your neighbor and say, I know you would fit that good looking at that good looking description. But more than that, they had to be intelligent. More than intelligence, they had to have something that the king was looking for. Because all kings rule by this. They were looking for those who had wisdom. Something that you don't get just out of books, as important as our learning from books is. I offer you this today because every student, every person, not just the graduates, but every single one of us are in a world that's not friendly. And we maybe have forgotten our call. We might have forgotten what it is that God is doing with us and that God desires to complete with us. 
Daniel was exceptional. In fact, when you read about his life, he is actually the advisors to, to three monarchs, three ruling kings. You know, normally when a, a king dies, all that serves him, they get rid of him. But they didn't get rid of Daniel. They kept Daniel because he was a bad boy. Not only was he articulate, not only was he intelligent, he was full of wisdom and he was full of the spirit of God. He was trained. He was incredible. He's the kind of guy you want around. I'm sorry I can't call the midget's name, but he's like the midget on Game of Thrones. Ain't nobody talking, ain't nobody talking to me today. What his name, what his name? Durian? Syrian? Tyrion? Yeah, that's right. She knows she can't get done what she needs to get done and that she has appropriate counsel. She could have killed him, but when, when what came out of his mouth was so eloquent and so sharp and so true, she took him as her advisor. I'm on, I, I promised my daughter I would catch up. So I'm on the series part where, you know, she got, the, she got the army and the dragon. She about to make her attack. And she begins to pull out, she says, I made something for you, and put a pin on his, chest, on his, on his lapel. I, I now appoint you hand, the queen's hand. You know what that means? The queen don't do nothing without advice. And when the advice is given, nothing gets done without that person. I wonder what God wants to do with the people of God. I wonder what he wants to do with you who are learning and climbing from stage to stage. And if I don't do this, I won't make my time. How much time I got? Keep me on the clock. That Daniel, somebody said 20 minutes. Daniel and his three companions you need, you, need, you need to get this. They are from another nation, but God has them in the courtroom, in the advisory room, at the top of the ruling class of the whole nation of Babylon. And, and they are giving advice. By the way, those four sons never compromised their faith and their belief in God. They never walked away from what they grew up with. They never denied God. In fact, when you follow their lives, there came a point in Daniel's life where he, he said, I don't care what you're going to do. You, won't, you can't keep me from praying. I want to know, why is it that Islam, they can pray seven times a day, but as Christians, they don't want to even pray once. What is that? In, in any case, Daniel, he prayed, and, and, and he had to, his faith had to stand the test of time. What about you? Not just my graduates and my learned students, but what about you, member of Metro City? Have you completed your task? Maybe you ought to rethink for just a second what your task really is, what your calling and your purpose really is all about. It's true that Daniel was living out what 
really was prophesied about Israel before they ever came out of bondage. Exodus chapter 19 verse 6 says this, and you shall be to me, talking about God, you shall be to me a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and amen. Yeah, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God has repeated himself. He has a holy nation in the midst of an ungodly nation. Look at your neighbor and say, and you can't escape no matter where you go. Even when you come to gather at the house of God, you still have some folk there that are a part of an unholy nation. And, and I wonder, what does God have for you, my graduates who've, who've traveled this line of discipline and endured hardship and had to fight against the worst thing in the world, the hardest enemy in the world, that's yourself, to make yourself do what you got to do in order to achieve. And when you achieve the paper, it's not the same as money. Look at you just say, the paper ain't money yet. And those of you that are on this journey have some more enduring to endure. And those of us who are God's children need to understand and take a note from what he did with Daniel. And listen to what Revelation chapter 6 says. It says, and he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Kingdom authority is what God confers on his children. But unfortunately, we have misunderstood what kingdom authority is all about. What God intended is that when God gives you authority, influence in the lives of other people, that influence is to, for the purpose of setting people free from torment and disease. That, that authority is to destroy the works of darkness. That authority is to move the resources from heaven through creative expression to meet human need. That authority is to bring heaven to earth. It is the authority to serve. Every single one of us, the preparation of our life is so that we might live out the plan and the purpose of God in service. Most of us don't do well with authority if we have not been changed on the inside. For many people want positions of authority without responsibility. But the purpose of God is that we would carry dominion and authority. But there are two things God calls you and I to be, just like our Savior. He calls you to be servants to this world. And he calls you to be kings in this world. Becoming servants to the world is, is the key to opening all kinds of doors of possibility. And I will tell you, when you're done learning, or when you actually ever done learning, just let me just say this to you. Learning is a lifelong, tell your neighbor, learning is, should be a lifelong experience. When you graduate from this level of learning and you begin to move into an occupation, I trust it's the right one for you. 
And if you choose an occupation just because of the money, you can make an awful mistake and spend 20, 30 years of your life to get a retirement and be miserable at the end of it. I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. How much time do I have? Talk to me. Thank you. I got to listen to this side. This side, tell more truth than that side over there. Our understanding of servants and kings. The problem is, it doesn't help us much because we have a challenge. Nobody wants to be a servant and everybody wants to be a king because our concept of the two are not biblical. But it's exactly what our Lord is and was as he came. Jesus comes in both roles. But he doesn't come with kingly garments. He comes first as a servant. He has authority. He has influence. He has knowledge. He has understanding. He has power. But he comes not as a king. He comes as a servant. In fact, that's why Israel couldn't deal with him. Because they were looking for a conqueror. They were looking for the Lannisters to show up. When Jesus comes as a servant, are you, still, are you still with me? There's a unique combination of kings and servants. They coincide with a kingdom of priests. Priests are servants. Kingdom has to do with rule and dominion. Both of them God has preserved for all of his people. Your judgment at the throne of God will be based on how you served and how you ruled. You are unique to the earth. You are not born of the earth only. You have to be born of water, yes, but you also have to be born of, of the spirit. That means when you are born again, God confers on you a priesthood and confers on every one of his children a servant. How you learn these two, how you walk in these two will determine your rewards and, re and determine your, your future and your eternity. How you understand your servanthood and your, and, your, and your kingship, how you understand those two, how you live them out is going to be the determination of how well you do in this earth. The choices that you make, the decisions that you make. Knowledge is power, but power can be abused. That's why you must not disconnect yourself from the priestly, the priesthood that God has conferred upon you while you are learning. I wish I could tell you that most universities are godly, but unfortunately they are not. The knowledge is needed. But the negative programming is against God. I am not saying don't get an education. By all means, let's fulfill the scripture. With all you're getting, get understanding. But understand the spirit of where you are. God has called you to a higher calling. And your education helps you step into that calling with expertise. The truth is, these two things, kings and servants, are problems for us. So that's why we need Jesus so bad. 
because he's king of all kings, yet he's a servant of all. It's a unique combination found in the Son of God, this calling that he gave Jesus as he was in this world, so are we. God demands, God commands that you walk as a servant and that you walk as a king. God never, never intended for you to be under somebody's heel. God never intended you to lord it over anybody else. God intended for you to learn this principle. And that's one reason why you need the church to teach you what to do with your knowledge. How many of you have seen people that have a lot of knowledge but they're stupid as the day is long? But please forgive me, but you know, I really do respect it. In fact, Carol and I are, are, are getting ready now to step into a whole other endeavor, uh, endeavor of training because we, we want to be better at what we do. But my friends, knowledge is the lowest. Tell your neighbor, knowledge, the acquiring of knowledge is the lowest form of learning. Tell them it's the lowest, the lowest. How many of you have seen incredibly intelligent idiots? Jesus had something else in mind. Your education. Jesus is not against your, our education, our learning, our training. He's not against it because he wants to use it for his glory. But two things you have to learn how to walk in. You have to learn how to walk in your priestly service and you have to walk in your kingly rulership. Jesus is the one that teaches us how to do that. The truth is usually found in the tension that comes between these two realities. Like our master, we are both, we are both, we have royalty, we are royalty and we are servants at the same time. I want to say that to you again. You are both royalty. The Bible says, now, beloved, you are now the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when we see him, we're going to be as he is. But we are now the sons of God. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood. The two aspects, dominion and rulership, the other aspect, serving. You better learn. I want you to learn. How do I navigate these two in my life? How will they make a difference for me? Jesus is the teacher. Revelations chapter 1 verse 5. Look at Jesus, his kingship. The Bible says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and released us from our sins by his blood. Have mercy. Jesus, who leads the Father, ruler of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth, and becomes not a governor, not a president, not a corporation leader, but becomes a lowly servant. Jesus teaches us how to walk in both. He teaches us, and, and look at Mark 
chapter 10 and verse 45. This is what is said about Jesus. And even the Son of Man, Jesus is speaking himself, even the Son of Man did not come to be served. When the, when the, when the terrible things, when you've got the degree and now you've got the job and now you've got the position and you want everybody to serve you, this is not the right attitude. If you want to grow, if you want to go, if you want to become everything God wants you to become, then one of the things you must understand is what Jesus has commissioned you to do. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life. What makes you great is that you have become learned understand all manners of knowledge of the field in which you've chosen but instead and you know in fact one of the things we got to deal with just right now you know we got to deal with this phrase in our culture Jai, you know you you know you you making like a boss tap your neighbor and say you better understand what a boss is if you're a boss in the kingdom then one of the things you must learn to do is you must learn to serve Royalty, listen to me. Royalty is my identity. Talk to you and say, Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. One more time. Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. And intimacy with God is my life source. You need intimacy with God. You need that. I need that. Remembering that you are royalty. What it means is you come from the king. Look, all you Game of Throners, everybody know that blood make a difference. They had a warped understanding of that. But if you flip it over to the kingdom, you better believe it. Blood makes a difference. When you are born again, not by, not by the hands of man. When you are born again, you have royalty. All heaven knows your name. All the resources of heaven are at your, exposal to, at your disposal to do what you've been called to do. You have manner of protection before and behind and on the side. You can't go to bed at night without angels watching over you. You can't get up in the morning with angels escorting you to the bathroom. Thank you, Jesus. You are royalty. You don't go anywhere in your life. Even when you go down them back alleys, I want to tell you, God is with you. He said, I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are royalty. When you walk in the corporate boardroom, royalty just walked in the, in the corporate ballroom. I want to tell you, when you go back to the class and you sit down with the rest of the students, you're like Daniel. You got something they don't got if you have Jesus. You have a comprehension they don't understand. You have an ability, and most of you are suffering right now because you've not accepted the ability that God has given you in being born again. Look at your neighbor, tap this children and say, you are royal, you are royalty. From heaven's point of view, and by the way, heaven will have the last word. Tap your neighbor on the show and say, heaven will have the last word. Since, he since heaven has the last word, you better understand what that word is so that word against you is up and not down. Amen. You are royalty. Lord, have mercy. I almost want to stop them and pray. 
Have you, have, you, have you forgotten how he has addressed you, not as slaves, but as sons? Royalty you have. I got to go. But not only that, servanthood is your assignment. I'm going to tell you something, my friend. You know, it's not popular to talk about servants. Some people don't even like to talk about our history as African Americans because we come here as slaves and we didn't, we didn't understand that when God allowed that to happen, he was setting us up for a kingdom, hallelujah, that was above this world. Uh, some, I'm sorry, some of you graduates have forgotten your great-great-grandparents who had to, they lived, they survived in a negative environment because of their service. And many of you are sitting in this pew today, in these chairs today, because your grandmama and your granddaddy, they served, and it was not easy, it was not even just, it, but they served with all their might, and God sustained them, and they brought forth a nation which we have, and a generation which we have right now that will sit in high places. But I tell you, if you don't learn to sit in high places with a low heart of a servant, you won't be there long. Servanthood. Jesus lived them both. So here's the way it works. Jesus served, in fact, I made this a byword. Jesus served with the heart of a king. Lord, have mercy. Jesus served with the heart of a king, but he ruled with the heart of a servant. You might want to write that down. It's a good mantra for you. I want to serve with the heart of a king. Always I'm remembering before God who I am. I'm royalty, and my call, my, my, my assignment is to serve. I want to tell you something. This is a major key. Don't miss this one. Success comes. You don't, even, you don't even have to chase this. Success comes to those who will help people get what they want. And when you help people get what they want, you can have anything you want. I don't care what job it is. I don't care what career it is. Doesn't matter what business it is. Servanthood is the key. The missing key. Are you still breathing? Jesus served with the heart of a king, but he ruled with the heart of a servant. This is the combination that God wants in the heart of his people. Identity is, is royalty for me. Servanthood's my assignment. And intimacy with God is my life source. If you ever dis, I don't care how many books you have. Thank God for books. But I want to tell you, you need something along with the book. You need a life source. You go, if you're going to matriculate to another four and eight years of intensive study, don't do that without your life source. And we talk about devotion. We're talking about this connection with you and God that makes your royalty shine and that makes your servanthood effective. I said to Marzell, I said, we got to do a better job as a local church to prepare our students for the hell they're about to walk into. I want to be very honest with you. How many of you are going to walk into universities and campuses and, the, and, and you're going to find them to be not Christian friendly? In fact, some of you have already begun in your schools. And some of the professors who are strutting around their classrooms declaring they know more than God. Look around again and while they won't even be there. And folks who want to declare that God does not exist. 
and declare that Christianity is somehow evil. We even have magistrates and heads of state talking negatively about what it is to be a, a person of God and a person of faith. I want to tell you, my students, I want to tell you, my graduates, God has put his hand on your life and put you in a situation, and he will maintain you. He will help you, thank you, so that as you go through, he's sustaining you. Your life source is your relationship with God. And I might I say also the people of God. These two things you must never walk away from. Now you're going to walk into one of the seven genres, one of the seven mountains. We call them mind molders. They control what people think. They control how we do what we do. I, I close with this. I'll talk more with you about this for it is needed in this hour. For every single one of you here today need to understand which of these, to which of these you are called. And we as a church must help equip you that you can bring change. God did not call you just to be saved and to sit. God called you to tap your neighbor that God called you to change the world, baby. He called you to change the world. There's seven of these. They shape the way we live and the way we think. One is home and family or family. Church and religion. Education. Media, both electronic, social media, and print. Government, politics, and law. A whole nother section. Performing arts, that includes entertainment and sports. Business and commerce, including science and technology. These seven categories, I'll tell you more about them as we go because we need to understand. And I want every single person in this house to know which, to which one you are called. Like Daniel, God called him to sit in the king's palace politics, law, government. God took one of his soldiers. God took one of his children, even in captivity, and set him in the most influential place in the nation. And I wonder how many of you are supposed to be the ones influencing the mind molders. And do you know enough word? And do you have enough Christ to make a difference? Or are you still thinking that if I wave my Bible hard enough, somebody will come to Jesus? We live in a different age. We live in an age like Daniel. Like Hananiah. Some bad cats. So my question to you, what you gonna do? You need to understand the incredible seriousness of the hour and call upon your life. You need to have your identity clear so you know who you are and whose you are. 
I promise you they will try to make you in their own image. We are facing it right now, never in, a, in history. Have we had the culture for our, in our lifetime? Have we had a nation and a culture that wants to press you into give you its language and its understanding. It wants you to buy its concept of diversity. It wants you and I to buy its concept of sexuality and gender. They want to make gender a social construct, not a creation by Almighty God. You need to understand the time and the season we are in. I want you to bow your heads. It's not only our graduates. It's all of us who are already in the marketplace. Some of you go to work and you just endure it and go home and get your paycheck. God has a greater call for you in your life. In the coming weeks, I want to talk with you and I want you to hear the word of the Lord by the grace of God. So, I want, so you're clear about where God has called you, where he's placed you. I want you to get in touch with the dreams and the visions you have within. The skills and the gifts that you've been empowered with by God. God wants to match up those skills, those gifts, and those desires and put you on the mountain of his choice and empower you with those two things you must learn how to walk in, servanthood and kingship. So I want, I want to serve with the heart of a king. Take your neighbor's hand. Tell him, I want to serve with the heart of a king. But I want to rule with the heart of a servant. Yeah, I think so. Stand up on your feet. Stand to your feet. This is why blood is so crucial to your life. This is why blood works. This is why you need to have your blood work examined. To see what's running in your veins. Whether you're trying to achieve your goals by human effort alone. And it takes effort to climb the levels and, and to be promoted to positions of authority with competency, with excellence, with integrity. You need God. Don't let them lie to you. So they won't give me a grade. Well, tell them what they tell them what they want you to tell them and know what you know and walk out the door and go where you need to go. Grab the hand of the person standing next to you. When God, when, when Babylon captured Daniel, Daniel invaded Babylon. When Babylon captured those four boys, those four boys invaded the nation. And that's who we are. May God help us. May the Lord help you to understand where you are. Some of y'all fighting about the wrong thing. You fighting about the wrong thing. You fighting over the wrong thing. 
You need to understand the greatness to which you've been called. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for your sons and daughters, Lord. I pray that every one of them knows you. Lord, forgive them and forgive us for thinking too small of your call, for not understanding the nature of what you've commissioned us to be. I'm asking you to bless, bless our graduates, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit be upon them and may they enter into the marketplace with power and anointing, integrity, creativity, and excellence. So to, to show forth the goodness and the glory of our God, to magnify his name forever, to display his awesome power, to bring change and to bring your kingdom. For Lord, we declare today that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms, kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And he shall reign. You shall reign forever and ever. Do so through us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hug your neighbor and say, I sure hope you know you I hope you know what you're called to do.